Well, you just opened a bubbly as Kaboom. we started this thing. Kaplowy, Kaplowy. I love it. We're back. We're on YouTube. Everything's a little rusty. The equipment had to get dusted off a little bit here, but we're back, baby. Yeah. We're back. We might have some some glitchiness here, so uh, bear, bear with, with us. us. Yeah, bear with bear, us. Bear with us with the technical difficulties. You know, we were uh, we in our in our very informal uh, pre-show meeting. My line was, I don't know if we have an A topic today, but we have like a whole bunch of B topics. Like, I don't know if there is a pressing thing. I mean, we're a week out from the spring game. And so we'll do like a spring spring game preview and then a spring game recap. The interesting thing real quick with the spring game is if I've, the way I understand is Nebraska at this point only has 12 able-bodied offensive linemen total. Yeah, it's low. Like, how do you do a, I don't know how you, you could maybe do like, could you do two quarters? Could you do a quarter? I think. I think at this point you got six a squad. If you're and you just just you got to go. The, yeah, yeah, you got to go, and you pretty much your two best guys are probably that are left. Will by the end of the second half should just be out, and then everybody right. else kind of has to bear with it and play. Would you rather like? As we, I say we're not going to get it. Like, for the spring game format, would you rather just have them go, like, do real football for a quarter and even just call it? No, I want them or to what, play a game of football. Like, play the game, right? No, I know, I know, but I'm saying, like, with six, only six line, like, only six linemen on each team, there's just a finite amount of plays they could probably run, right? I don't I mean, know. You they, tell me. They need to be able to play football. Like, in the end... I, like I was thinking about this the other night. I was thinking about last year, you know, where we were, they were doing two-hand touch. And this, it was awful. The this spring concern, game was awful. This big concern with getting hurt is so extreme that you get away from the idea that, like, you can't play the game that you're supposed to be playing. That's right. the game. Football is the game they're playing, and they don't play that game until, you know, 12 times in the fall. So all year, this other stuff, that's not football Technically, like you still got to play the game, like start to finish real plays, real tackling, real blocking, real drives, like real endurance. Show me you can play a game, right? right. Like, a quarter is a quarter. Like you got to play a game. Right? I was so, just thinking about, because I'm totally with you. Like what I wanted to, before I heard about the, the 12 offensive linemen total thing, yeah. I was like, enough of the nonsense, just play a full real game. You know, like yeah. don't just play a game. Don't not think it. Just do that. And here's here's another philosophy we should live by. Until we're better, who cares? Right. Everybody needs to prove they're good before we need to worry about who gets hurt. Nobody's good enough. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to get good to the point where, like, oh, that guy's a, we got these three pros that we don't want to get. Like, who are they? They don't exist right Right. now. We just have a bunch of guys that are unproven. They're not winner. Like they're not proven winners yet, so they need to play the game. Well, there's a reason, like to to in preseason NFL games, there's a reason Patrick Mahomes maybe doesn't play or he plays yes. a series. Yes, you know why? Because he's won Super Bowls and he's great and exactly. he's proven. Like you can't be like I tell you what, Richard Torres. We Let's can't see. risk it. No, <laughs> I like Richard Torres. I like him, but risk it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I, yeah, like yeah, Richard yeah. I like that. But we're risking like, it. Yes. Like, yes. When you become Patrick Mahomes, we will keep you out. Right. Because you, we know what we got, right? We want you. Nobody's touching Patrick. Until I like that you called him Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. I like that you're calling him, referring to him as Patrick. That's, okay, continue. It's from me and Mahomes. Yeah, are, you guys are homeboys, apparently. But until any of these guys are even remotely at a level, 
they need to play a lot of football. Right. And that means I, the full game. I, I watched us for five years be bad at the little things of the game. And yeah. you know, like I always think just growing up and playing a lot in the playground where you're just playing, you're always playing the game. Uh, you learn how to just like all those little intricacies of how to win and lose can only be played when it's like you're going. It's right. really you're in right. the flow, but not, hey, we're and, doing a drill. Hey, we're doing a half speed or a, like you got to play the yeah, game. Yeah, because it's hard to do like, okay, we're doing, uh, you know, inside the 10, down three. Yeah. You know, like you need, you almost need like the full gamut leading up to that. Yeah, you can. So that's a great point. So you know like, what I mean? Think about this. Think and about Especially if you're doing two-hand touch in that I'm spot. I'm doing two-hand touch from the five and in. So we know we we put, we did an install yesterday and we really practiced those plays. And we're, you know, it's like, okay, think about that. Now, let's go do a game. And let's say... You don't start there. You start 80 yards away, and they drive on you right. for 80 yards, and you're down to the three, and you just did 10 plays. And so you're tired, Yes. and now you got to like shift from that to, oh, what did we stall after that? And I just did nine plays, and right. I'm exhausted. That is a different scenario than... Here's our five right. Yards then, in then, it, right? then, like Here's a prepackaged, our... like you literally, like you open it up, like, yep. okay, here it is. Uh, Go line <laughs> down seven. No timeouts, one and a half uh, ball at the 40. Okay, we're going to do that. No, it's so much better if it's in the flow yeah. of it, and that's, that's hard to replicate. It's funny we talk about this because Rule had a quote, and I want to I, I want to kind of reset, see if you vibe with me on the formula here. I've kind of created this in my head. Rule had a quote. This was maybe last week. He said, quote, a lot of it will come down to confidence, right? A lot will come down to at what point do they believe they can really win? And when I say believe, like we all say we believe, but when you're down 17-7 in the second quarter, the great teams that played here probably laughed. Yeah. And here's, I think he's right. And here's, tell me, like, this is the order of how this should go, okay? So you got to believe, number one, you got to believe and buy into what the coach is telling you. Number two is you got to get that belief validated with results. Yeah. That then creates confidence and momentum, which then has a chance to ultimately end up in an expectation of winning and a standard of results, which in essence is kind of a culture and what everybody wants to achieve. But those are like the order of like you got to believe yeah. and buy in. You got to have some results that are validated. That that creates real confidence and momentum, yeah. which then creates an expectation of winning. Like he t- brings up that 17 to 7 in the second quarter or even the whole thing of like at what point do they really believe they can win? Like there clearly was we don't need to go over the past, but there was a crisis of confidence of these guys like truly feeling like they can win and the great teams just they expect to find a way to win. When they're up, they put people away. They step on the throat. Right. I think we saw for a few years there, we were up and everybody would get tense. Like you can tell when fans get tense, they're feeling how the players feel too. Like it's yeah, like it's, you can feel it. It's kind of like yeah. we're both together on that. A team that's confident gives the fans confidence. It kind right. of is the same thing where when we were up sometimes and things went, we were like, woo. Well, I mean, we weren't sure right. every time, and and most of the time it started going south. I mean, it was it was just a lot of that, and it tells you that we didn't have confidence. Now it's interesting you say belief. Me and my brother had this kind of similar com- conversation, and I kind of was in line with you. Like you got to sort of believe first, and my brother's talking about style. belief comes last. 
And so I think you can kind of get. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. That's like, sort of like a philosophy. You know, like a philosophy debate that we could maybe get into some other time. But that is kind of interesting. You mentioned that. And I was thinking about we had that exact conversation because I kind of thought you kind of got to believe first, even go down the path. But he says belief comes from seeing the results. Or, well, I think we're maybe getting into uh, it's maybe it's semantics, maybe semantics yeah. and and you know how we define believing and uh, like I, I talk about believing in what the coach is telling me. Yeah, maybe that's right. Okay. And he's more like believing in the whole thing, maybe. Believing that you're going to win. Yeah. You know, like, that, that maybe comes from. I just think you got to first, like, I first got to buy. You're my coach. I first got to buy into what you are telling yeah. me to do. Yep. If I'm like, eh, let me see if this works at the end, at the yeah, very I think, end. I think that's like, harder. It's harder to do it right if you don't believe, right? So yeah. that's where. That's a tricky conversation, and maybe we need to have like a yeah full full down like write down notes, think it through. I know rather than just throw it out there, but yeah. But I just thought, I I saw that quote and I was like, he's right. And then I just got to my mind of like because if you think about it, let, let's operate under the idea that my formula is the formula. Yeah. If you think then to the to the Frost era, you got to believe and buy into what the coach is telling you. I think the guys bought in. I do too. And but then the number two is you got to get that belief validated with results. That's yeah. where it just never fully happened. So then number three is the confidence and momentum, which never really happened. And then number four is that that expectation of winning never really happened. So they never got past number the formula of, of process one. Yeah, they or they got through the initial one and never and got step to two. two never it got It was like the, Mario yeah. and they got they went down, you know what I'm saying? And they never got they they never figured it out. They but, were in a tube. Chin, 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 chin. By the way, that Mar have you seen the previews for that Mario movie? I don't think I understand the movie. There's a nostalgia element that I'm like I know it did well at the box office. It did terrific. I think it did like two or three hundred million in the first right. weekend, which right. is it tells you there was a lot of us playing Mario Kart. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> And a lot of and us Mario and straight up well, Mario. There's a lot of people play Mario. A lot of people play Mario Kart. Right. And then a lot of those people have had kids. They're like, well, if I'm going to a movie, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go, go to, to Mario. One. I at I least will enjoy the Mario. Hey, someone tweeted this out. If, if Mario and Luigi are brothers, why are they the Mario brother? Is it, is, are their last names Mario? Is it Mario, Mario and Luigi Mario? Like, why would it be like the rude brothers? You'd be like, it's Barrett and Bo rude. They're the Barrett brothers. It's like, Oh, right. But are they called the Mario? Aren't Brothers? they called? Isn't it like Super Mario? It's a called Super, Super Mario Brothers, Mario right? Well, I'm saying like, the, yeah, right. I, I oh. do, am I wrong? Like I always thought Mario and Luigi were brothers. Are they not brothers? Oh yeah. And are they both know. going after princess Some Italian dudes? They're brothers. Are they, and yeah. are they both like? Are they both eyeing the same chick? I got to think there's a big competition going on <laughs> under the scene. Like they like each other. But they'll kill each other with one of those flashy stars if they have to to get the princess. <laughs> I think they both. I think it was always understanding that Mario was like princess was his girl. But like, what, I mean, Luigi's in this thing too. Luigi's going for the princess. Luigi's Nick. going for the princess. But I don't know how do we get into that. I don't know how we got into that. Okay, so clearly you can see how this pod's going to go. It's just going to be a bunch even, of. I don't remember how that. Got, <laughs> I really realistically don't remember how we got into that. Um. Okay, so we bring up the offensive lineman thing. Can I ask you about this? I'm, today I'm just going to be like, I'm throwing things at you. 
What do you make of Rule pumping up and talking up the offensive line? And he's done that. He did that like pretty early on. And maybe it was in like his signing day press conference where he has been adamant early on where he's like, hey, man, there's a narrative out here that the offensive line was the problem or wasn't good. And I don't buy into that narrative. He, he's even talked about how this is as good of an offensive line that he's been around as a college coach. Yeah. Um, you know, it says Bryce Benhart, ben an yeah, NFL player, that kind of stuff like What's weird is Rule strikes me as someone that isn't going to say anything he doesn't believe, but I can only chalk that up as to he's trying to give them confidence. But I just, I, I'm i struggling with this idea. Like, you're telling me this same cast of characters who was pretty much terrible last year with the same position coach is now going to be good? I guess what, help me. Uh, I think part of it is it's got to be just, He's laying. He's laying down sort of his line in the sand. He's going to have his guys back. He he's he only can work with what he's got. So there's no reason for him to, uh, you know, not be very supportive yeah, and sure. So this is, I think, just a strategy for him to try to build up some of these guys' confidence. And you know what? Like that's fine. And, and, and here's what I'll give him: like Ben Hart, Cochran, Prohaska. Like those are some big, good look. I mean. You got something to work with, at least. They're big human beings, mm-hmm. right? So I think rules going like, look, these guys aren't six foot one and two hundred and seventy-five pounds. These are some six eight, six seven, six five. Yeah, they fit the yeah. They're they're big like human beings. So I think he at least says, like, we got something to work with. I I think it's maybe probably an overstatement that this is one of the best lines he's seen. I mean, you can turn the film. It wasn't great a lot of the time. It really was. No. But that doesn't mean these guys are like going to be terrible. It just means that, hey, they got a long, long ways to go, um, but they got a coach that is willing to work with them. It, just so. be, it is going to be fascinating. Like, let's say rules right and they go out and this offensive line is pretty good. That is, it's fascinating to think that the only thing that changed was the head coach. And I guess the, the you know, the system and play calling, the which system, I guess it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it makes sense that system, like certain certain skill sets in certain systems, are going to yield better results. Yeah. That so, I just it's been interesting. He's been pretty consistent with that, but he also isn't one of those guys yeah. that it, rule doesn't strike me as a guy that that is going to say anything because it's not like he's done this for every position group. It's not like he's sitting there yeah. and talking up the wide receivers or talking up the whatever you know like it's not like he said i think this group's great i think this group's great i mean he's been more positive than negative but i just it'll be interesting to see what that yeah it's it's looks like the it's it's such a foundational part of your team you know your offensive line is sort of like the rock that it all forms around so i think he's trying to he's trying to build something there um yeah, it is. It, I mean, like I say, when I hear and read those things, I'm taken back a little yeah, bit. I'm like, like, really? Okay, I don't. I'm not mad at him for doing. It. I think it's 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 probably a good strategy. But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see if there's any major progress. I'll tell you one one little tidbit that I actually I love, and I'll maybe explain why I love this. So Matt Rule came out and said, "We're not having our linemen wear knee braces anymore." Yeah. Now. Nick, I don't. I can't tell you how much I love that. Okay, <laughs> I can't tell you. Okay, you know you're, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, these are athletes. Like, when you wear a knee brace, you are less of an athlete, right? Uh, 
And I, I remember this, Bill Callahan came in and they required everybody to start wearing knee braces. Everybody. Linemen had to wear knee braces. Linebackers and tight ends were supposed to wear knee braces, or linebackers were. So I, I've never seen sh- my brother about lose his mind. He made it about a week wearing these knee braces. And he, he I mean, sh- by the end of every practice, he's pulling, pulling them half off. and they're, He's the most level-headed guy. He about lost his mind because... You wow! Can't be what an, an anecdote! Yeah, and wear knee break like real, like the yeah, yeah, the, the metal, the, yeah, the metal it's like ones. A, it's like force, little force. Yeah, knee little force. You know? So like defensive ends wear yeah. knee braces. Like this was, and so, uh, and another thing, they always made us tape our ankles. I don't like my ankles taped. I think right. it makes you stiff. You get you lose that flexion. Like athletes, to me, like you need to be able to flex and right. move. And so. For four years, I would fake taping my ankles. I'd just tape just around the, the top, top yeah. to see a little bit, and they'd, they'd get in trouble, and, you know, they'd right. make me tape them, and then I'd, you know, and I, it was a battle because I go, athletes don't need those unless they're injured to me. And I love that he's he's laid this precedent. It's like, hey, look, you don't need to wear braces. Go be an athlete. Be a little bit more bendy. You know, he, he thinks our, our linemen look too stiff. Because we were stiff, right? So you got to be able to bend your knees. You got to be able to flex. I think that's part of athleticism. I think it sets a tone of like, I, this is a big picture stuff. Yeah. Why? Why do we need to play in the spring game and scrimmage and what? Because right. you're an athlete and you can handle it. Why do you not need to wear knee braces? You're an athlete. You can handle it. Yeah, it's a mindset. Because thing. I don't. I wonder how much you really are. Like, if you're going to get rolled up on to the point where you're going to get hurt, I doubt that if you have a knee brace on or not. Like, is that really saving? It could. It could. But you know what? Like, it's also those guys wear knee braces in games. Prohaska two years in a row. Yeah, he has torn his knee with a brace on, right? right. So to me, it is, it, it does protect you to some degree. But to me, then you're you're worried about injuries more than it's like performance. Right. I want the best performance. I want. I don't want people wearing knee braces. I don't want people wearing ankle tape unless they have bad ankles and they just, Yeah, it's I have necessary. bad ankles, so, but I always wear ankle ankles. braces. Yeah, so if you got bad ankles, you might wear braces. I think you lose spring. Basketball is different than football too. There's a lot more. Yeah. It's it's, starting and stopping in in short bursts and stuff like that. But interesting. Interesting. But I saw that and I don't know what it was about it. It, It's sort of a little step. It's might be minuscule to most people. To me, I get a signal in the right direction. I go, I like that signal. That signal tells me. That's a that's a mindset change for those linemen. And I mean, just to to build off of that too, we talked about it last week. Even taking the green jerseys off the quarterbacks, it's a mindset change for everybody. Yeah. And again, I I, I do think I'm all for. I'm not for the caveman days of you know two two a days, three hours a day, Oklahoma drill for two hours straight. If you want water, you're a puss. No. Yeah. But at the same time, there is a delicate balance of like going too far with trying to protect and preserve, you know, like, I mean, even there was Stan Van Gundy tweeted something earlier, like earlier this year regarding the NBA. He was like, man, back in the 80s and 90s, there was like one teams had like one trainer and one strength coach and. Dudes are playing 82 games, and now we have all these all this different stuff, yeah. and and guys can't make it through. Like something's, it's a mindset. It becomes a mindset thing that that I think you, you, it's inevitable. Like if you're gonna cater to a certain mindset, 
it's only going to get worse, right? So, I wonder I mean, if the I, linemen I, liked it. What knee braces? Yeah, I wonder if they liked like taking them off or not. I for sure. I bet they did for sure. Because if they don't, they'll wear them. Like if they yeah. say I need them, they'll wear them. But if you don't need them, you're wearing them, and it's like your legs, your knees. I mean, it makes get, sense. Try to your be, knees get worse. Right. They'll get worse because they'll get weaker. Right. Um, and you'll be less flexible. You will be a less flexible athlete. I couldn't play if I had to wear knee braces. I couldn't play football. Right. I mean that, Nick. I'd be. I'd be I can't bad. believe the Bill Callahan had wanted the linebackers and yes. everybody to play Tight to wear knee. I don't know if I've. I mean. It's pretty rare you saw a linebacker ever that was rocking like big ass knee braces. You know why? Because you don't you don't succeed. You will then be out of the league, or yeah. you'll be out of like you can't play in knee braces. It's it's for non athletes or something. Yeah, that's I like that. That's a good so, anecdote right there. Yeah. So, but your point was like you know in the seventies, like take our dads. They came up in an era where two a day practices. Yeah. They weren't allowed to have water. The coaches thought if you needed water. That was means you were weak. Yeah. So they these guys weren't allowed to drink water, which is you just need water to function. Yes. So they were like hide water in their helmet. It was this was insane. But that's where it goes to the other side where you're just being stupid, right? Versus this side, it's like you're maybe you're not putting enough freedom and strain on guys to get the best out of them. You know, find the find the in between. I like that. That's good. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it. And how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella. Won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. By the way, I wrote this down. Is it kind of crazy? And maybe maybe you have a better feel than, than I do. I genuinely have no clue what the offense is going to look like next year. Because you hear a little bit of everything. I hear fullbacks. I hear some lineups with like two or three tight ends on the on the on the field. I hear about running quarterbacks. I hear like I, I I'm serious. I do. I genuinely have no clue what the offense is going to look like next year when Nebraska, like when they trot out against Minnesota on the road to start the year. I have no idea what it's going to look like. They're I don't be either. Gun under center. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they've they mentioned fullback. Uh, they mentioned huddling up, huddling up, which made me think it was going to be more, a little bit more pro style or like a little bit more that tempo. But then it's like if you're going to do running quarterback seems like usually you go a little bit, it's more of an up-tempo. So we'll see. I mean, dude, I, I don't know. I really don't know. But I mean, I, I guess that spring, funny. spring and will good. show us, I think, maybe, maybe more of the style. But I think it's sort of, I've never seen more sort of like, they're switching players around right now more than I think I've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. in terms of like, not just Either like, sp- hey, are you an ender or a linebacker? It's like, hey, are you a, Offense or defense? Or are you a tight end? Right. Are you a receiver or are you a H-back? Yes. Or are you a DB or are you an H-back? Like, right. These are things that 
are pretty pretty dramatic dramatic switches personnel wise. I, I do think that's a good sign though. If Rule feels like he he can see talent, like I yeah. think that to me is Rule going like that guy's a that guy's here now. Like maybe he, it might be obvious to him. He seems like, and maybe this is like me drinking the Kool Aid already. Like he seems like he's got an eye for that stuff. Like he can yeah. watch a guy, he can see something in him, whether it be in the front end of recruiting or even in this sort of scenario where he's in practice. He's like, you know what? You you should be on defense or you yeah. should be. But I just, I don't know. I wrote that down. I'm glad I wasn't completely alone in it. I'm like, I have no idea what the offense is going to look like. None. Yeah. I don't, I, and that's, I suppose that's, that's good from the standpoint of the element of surprise. But at the same time, I, don't, I have no clue. Well, I, I think the first things first is they're going to find out like who they got in each side of the ball. Right. I mean, legitimately, they're trying to figure out who's our offense and who's our defense, first of all. So then I think they're going to say, here are the pieces we got in offense. And I th- it seems like they have less of a tie to a specific style and a little bit more like we're going right. to build it around the player. So I think they're going to start by, here are the pieces we feel good about. Now we're going to build the pieces into like how, you know, like we're going to build around the pieces rather than, Make the pieces. They, they don't seem, and we've talked about this, like they don't seem beholden to like a, we are going to do this and we are going to make the personnel fit into that. That's what I mean. Yep. They're, they're like, well, let's see what we got and then we'll build it around what, what we got. Yeah. I think more and than I've, more than we've seen in the past, it seemingly is like the, it, the talk has not been system. The talk has been players. Right. Even from the media. I mean, that's all we've been talking about. And all I've been hearing is like, who's where and how are they developing? Which, I don't know. I just, as much as anything, and I don't know how much they'll show, I've, I am very excited to just see what the offense looks like. Yeah. Just from a real broad standpoint. Yeah. Um, I read it. There was a, a story today by Dennis Dodd of CBS uh, Sports that was is interesting. And the, the, the headline of the story is feeling the weight of Nebraska's plight. Matt Rule seeks return to relevancy after humbling Panthers firing. And it's a very it's an interesting story. Just talking about Nebraska's journey here through the abyss, struggling for two decades. Matt Rule's journey and his sense of duty of trying to get Nebraska back to relevancy. But in the midst of Rule's journey, he just got let go and I, I obviously now this is maybe seeing things how you want to see it. You never want a coach to to struggle or anything like that. But is there something of value to be gained by failing? Like, is the fact that rule was fired? Could you, in a roundabout way, find some pot like something positive in yes. that? Yeah, I mean, immediately once you once you started saying that, my my brain went to. I think for our circumstance it actually will help us because I think sometimes when coaches come off of a lot of success, one place, they roll right into another and they assume it's all going to work out exactly how it worked out before. Yes. I mean, not, you know, not that that's exactly what happened to frost, but there was a degree of that, right? For sure. There's a degree of that that happened um, where rule is coming off of a big disappointment for him. You know, his only maybe disappointment in his career. Yes. But I will promise you one thing. Matt Rule learned a lot. Yes. And the mistakes he's been thinking about for six months at Carolina, he's not going to let those mistakes happen here. Right. And I think that is part of what happens in life that you either, 
learn from mistakes or you don't. And I think this is a chance for him to learn from those mistakes and this go round not make them. So I, I think that's a, I, that's a great potential opportunity for him I and know, for us. I, I I agree. Like I read that story and it just got my even just the headline got my my yeah my with the wheels turning a little bit and like because I agree. Like you bring up Frost. There's there's something to being a little bit scared, a little bit of a concerning situation. And obviously this is hindsight, but Frost had kind of his entire life never really failed. Like player, yeah, things maybe didn't work out at Stanford, but he still came to Nebraska and won a title. Yeah. And now he he had some turbulence in 96, but still like ultimately the dude ended up on the mountaintop looking down at everybody else. You know, and then his coaching career, you know, he does the, the... the journey of I'm at Northern Iowa and now I'm here and now I'm there, but then he gets to Oregon and the second he's holding a play sheet, yeah. they're killing it, right? Yep. The second he gets his head coaching job in two years, they go undefeated. So he, I think he walked in with a little bit of overconfidence and maybe a smidge of arrogance of what you just said of like, I think when you've never failed, there's no reason to assume that it's not just the the train of success is just going to yeah. keep on rolling. And so the, the, but rule, I think the thing that's good about rule is he's, he was fired, but he doesn't feel, it doesn't appear to it that it's shaken his, the belief in himself. Like he no. seems sure of himself, yeah but in a good way. Yeah. I, I, I you can kind of feel it. Like he, he just seemed, like I said, I, I, my comment from our last pod last week was Matt rule seems dialed in to mm-hmm. me. And there's nothing about getting fired from Carolina that makes him seem any less dialed in than what I think he could be. Like he seems dialed in knowing what he needs to do. Um, and I think part of that is he's had the experience in college, but now he's gone to the, to the, you know, you've gone to the NFL, you've gone to the show, you've gotten that experience and now it didn't work out right. But like, I think he, to me, he's now coming back feeling like, well, I learned something from the highest level that I maybe couldn't have learned in college, but this is where I fit. This is what I know better, and I'm going to take these other things that I've learned and apply them. Yeah, right? and and I and, and not only getting fired in Carolina, but like he had to endure some rough seasons at Temple and Baylor right away. Now, obviously, we know how those things ended. They ended well, but there there's value in navigating a three win season. And keeping guys engaged in like that, that's something that I think shocked Frost system a little bit, where it's like, oh man, how do you, how do I now approach leadership when things aren't going well? And yeah. so I think there's, there's real, like that can test you as a leader. And I just, I don't know, I, I was thinking about his journey and it's the the more i look at him like this is this is there's the a lot of good with that the knowledge that you learn by going through adversity i don't think can be taught right it can't be taught like from the outside or from a book or from like a coach's clinic I'm like let me tell you here clinic. when you're in a rough path here's you're the gonna... adversity lesson yeah and you right. know it's like you can try but there's something else that happens when you do go through it because there's so many it's too complex to explain unless you go through it almost. Yes. Like that's where adversity is life's greatest teacher. And so I think Matt Rule has, and this is where I'm going to give him 
some of the, you know, the benefit of the doubt going in is like he's built two programs from the ground up uh, that had a lot of success. And then he went to the NFL and sort of had a, had struggles. Right. So I'm going to say be that, fair, that's the NFL, all, you, yeah. the NFL can be, certain things can be out of your control. Yeah, that lead to, yeah like there are certain you know? things that, that, you know, if it isn't necessarily yeah. always your fault, but nevertheless, like you can't view that. Yeah, in that way, if you're the the, the individual involved it's, with it, it's a different animal in the NFL. It's salary caps, it's free agency, it's it's a little bit of a different animal. There's someone else telling you, "I want to play this guy," but this the my owner's saying you got to play yeah. this guy. You know, it's not like Trev's going to be like, "You need to put so and so in there," or I'm pulling. You know, like it, no, I mean it really is, and that and that's that's going to be the big difference here. Um, but yeah, I think the main point of like adversity adversity and going through these different scenarios it's all hard-earned knowledge hard-earned knowledge that you cannot like you cannot pay for right and you can probably not actually teach you have to you have to earn it here's a here's another question for you because i was listening to uh i was listening to tom chattel on a on a podcast and we're going to break this down curious how you react to this because when he said it i was like I was walking at a little double stroller, Mac and Marv on it, and I was walking, and it hit me, and I was like, what the? So, Chattel, in framing the pressure of the moment with rule, like the pressure that he is under taking over Nebraska now, that he tried to paint a picture, and I hope I interpreted what he was saying correctly, which I think I did, that the pressure is actually pretty low maybe the lowest of any of the previous four to five coaches. And, and when it, when he first said that, I, my, I thought, I don't know about that because especially kind of runs counter to what I've said that I think the fans aren't going to be super patient with this, but let's do, let's talk it through. You want to talk it through here? Yes. Let's just talk this through. So if you think about, and, and, we have the value of hindsight now knowing how these things ended, but really try to frame the pressure of the moment when they arrived. So when Bill Callahan arrived, Steve Peterson comes along and he is literally like TNT. He takes it outside of Memorial stadium. He (laughs) booms it. Like he blows up everything. Right. And he brings in this, this NFL guy that's never coached in college. All of a sudden, it's the West Coast offense that's coming to Lincoln, Nebraska. Like, there was an element of like, man, this better work. That's, that's pressure. Yeah. With Bo Pelini, you're handpicked by the legend of the program and Tom Osborne. That creates some things. There, was a re- there still was a really high standard of expectations around Nebraska. Yeah. Or even just winning a division, it was like, pfft, cool, yeah. loser. <laughs> You're a loser! <laughs> but because I still think Nebraska viewed themselves... <laughs> winning division, cool. Ooh, 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 you won the Big 12 North, that's great. But that's how it was viewed. Yeah, the, Nebraska, tell me something I don't know. Yeah, oh God, you won the division. Okay, yeah, all right, I got out of bed today. What's up with this guy, right? Am I right? Hey, Bill, right? Why don't you do something hard, huh? <laughs> you want you won nine games and won the North? Please. Tell me something we haven't all done. <laughs> That's that was the attitude, Ronnie. I don't get out of bed unless it's the Orange Bowl talk, okay? Unless we're talking <laughs> BCS title game. I don't even turn on the TV. 
You understand me? I don't know why I kind of became Trump there. I don't know what that was, but um, so, but anyway, slice it. That's pressure. Uh, Riley, there was a little bit of who? Like there was, there was the split nature of the hire. A lot of people were skeptical at the gates. There was, I mean, there's a reason that, remember, we were in my parents' basement watching the Illinois game in year one and they throw the ball on third and one, which stops the clock and Illinois comes yeah. down and wins the game. Yeah. And from that point on, like there was legitimate hot seat talk four or five games into the first year, which tells you there was a lot of people that had their eyes on the exit for Riley before yeah. this season even began so I think that was pressure. Frost, obviously, while there was a long runway of patience, whenever you're branded as the savior of the program, that's pressure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With rule, I don't know how to even quite frame the pressure. If I had to go, I feel like if I had to frame it, I have to go to extreme hyperbole of like, this is extreme. it. Like, this is it. This is the last chance for Nebraska before it's forever different, before Trev is likely out. If this doesn't work, the sellout streak ends. Apathy could actually legitimately, realistically set in. But that was what they said about Frost, too. He was yeah. the last guy. He was the, if it doesn't work with him, it won't work. That was the line, right? Yep. If it doesn't work with and him, here we are. And so we are here, right? Um, but no, keep going. Sorry. So, okay, but the, but Chattel's point was with Rule is with, he doesn't sense this pressure of it needs to look like this schematically or this feeling of you better obey the history and tradition of the program. And like, and I agree, like for, Rule is the first coach that doesn't have to do it the way someone else did it. We put these weird constraints and requirements over these old coaches that I don't feel that way with rule. There is an element of like, well, you know, I mean, listen, it's been 20 years since Nebraska's won anything. So like whatever you want to do, just, just tell us to go Quimby. It's like, just tell us your (laughs) offense and we'll vote for it. (laughs) I guess it's more of a Iowa state thing. No, 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 no. Just tell us your philosophy and we'll agree with it. There is an element of that. So I guess it, I, I, I did my best to kind of bullet point yeah. lay out the pressure for everybody. Uh, How would you, do you want to just rank who, who Rodney Dangerfield? Oh boy. Oh, like who, who had the most pressure? Do we think if we okay, had to this, rank? So it? this is where here's, here's where we need to clarify some things because just tell us your defense. Just and tell us your defense. Don't let them go to Wisconsin. Um. <laughs> there is a part of there's a part of Marge. We're doing Marge versus the Monorail Simpsons. Lyle Landley came in and okay, continue. Uh, so anyway, I guess for me though, like I think in terms of expectations, right? So who's had the least amount of, you said pressure, right? So yes, I think in terms of expectations, the expectations for rule are low. Nobody, that's why I, more than pressure. I mean, I I think that's where it's like, we're getting into semantics game, but I I like, I like where keep going with that because that's anyway, it's all, it's all encompassing. Expectations are a part of the pressure. Expectations for rule are the lowest ever. So maybe the pressure then is the lowest, right? So I just think rule has a clean slate with low expectations, you say less interference about what sort of like it does hey, kind of feel like that though yeah. does it not so so Solich maybe 
expectations were the the highest, like national championship. I thought about that. I, I, I excluded him, but you could argue he had the most pressure. I mean, you're taking yeah. over for. There was no like. There was no pressure from him in terms of outside. Like you need to do it this way because Frank was a part of the original system. Right. It he was, was an OG. He was the system. Right. right. Option football, Nebraska way, national championship. Yeah, there was no change. He was carrying on that. Right. And when Peterson blew that up, right, he brings in Bill Callahan, West Coast offense, right? That created a different kind of tension. It was like fighting what had worked with an NFL guy who wanted to do it differently and wanted to kind of discard all the traditions. And I know a lot of us that were inside – we knew the traditions were great. We like we were a part of them. Right. And we knew like these are winning traditions. Like we don't want to give up the traditions, right? And so there was that battle with Callahan, right? Now Pelini, it was a little bit different. It was like, hey, bringing back more of the traditions, um, a little bit more Nebraska style. So people were really the outside influenced a lot to get Pelini back. Agree. And influenced like wanting to keep the Nebraska thing, right? So that's right. when you're talking about the outside. We want to look this way. We want to be a Nebraska thing. Um, Pelini didn't have to deal with that quite as much. Uh, but his expectations were he got to win. And he won. And it wasn't good enough. It, it didn't, still it wasn't, wasn't good yeah. enough. So then Riley comes in and he had to fight again, you know, trying to, he didn't feel like a Nebraska guy. Then. No. And so he was fighting that. So it's like Callahan Riley had to fight the, you're an outsider. You're doing things differently. Mm-hmm expectations are uh high high because you aren't right you felt we're not like, gonna give you the yeah. because you're not short leash yes so Pelini had a longer leash than those two yep the same way frost had, frost had a longer leash than riley or callahan yeah than any of them he was one of us and he was bringing back some of the old stuff right so and but then frost of course like you know it's like he, he got the full runway he got his opportunity it didn't work out, and now Rule kind of is going to be the benefit of the last. I think that's the last you, time we were able to be like demanding somebody to do it a certain way. It's more like, hey, we got to trust this person. Yeah, you would think that the last person after you know, if if I mean, this doesn't even make sense. I'm trying to think what the analogy would be. If four if four people try to go defuse a bomb and they all screw it up, and the fifth guy comes in to try to do it, He's it's like that guy's diffuser. probably that guy's probably <laughs> under a lot of pressure, right? Yeah. But it's not. But it feels different for Rule. In what you made a good point, like his, I think it's the combination of I think the expectations are the lowest they've ever been, which impacts pressure, mm-hmm. and this influence from the outside of either a split nature in the higher or a feeling of it's gotta be done this way and that you gotta obey this and that it feels like all that is gone because those other guys the other coaches with their you know like say with their tenures it's sort of it beat a lot of that down. Yes. It beat, and, and Frost was the last one because he got the full runway. So there was a lot less of the Nebraska, like it has to be a Nebraska guy. It has to be this because we kind of got that and it didn't work the way we thought it would. Right. And so I think that is given, it's giving Matt Rule 
the open door. It really has. Like the, these last 10 years are giving Matt Rule a very pressure-free, low-expectation opportunity to do the job. Yes. Like he's the first. I'm not saying I want this to happen. But he is the first coach that if he wanted to just go, black shirts tradition, we're moving on. I don't like it, but I'm saying like it would have been. I'm not saying like, there'd be a letter in his uh, mailbox. Dear Mister Rule, you <laughs> suck, and I disagree from it. anonymous. <laughs> Gosh uh, darn, yeah. But but you know, like before, if someone imagine Bill Callahan, how dare like, you? <laughs> first of all, how dare you? Second of all, I am going to punch you in the face when I see you. It. If Callahan or Riley would have gotten away with the black, it would have been like literally. I think there would have been a a storming of yeah. Memorial Stadium. Yeah. It it just as I talk this through, I think I'm now kind of vibing with Trev or Trev with Chattel and his thought. Like expectations are low, and there isn't the this this overhanging. Not a cloud. That's not the right way to put it because I don't want to act like. It just the overhanging, like it's got to be done. It's the They're outside, like, the Nebraska influence on the coach to like, like to, to almost demand certain things. Yeah, it was They're, almost like, hey man, we're happy you're here. Totally trust you. And the former but players you better do it like this, 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 this. We're and guilty. This. Like yes, we're guilty. Right. Like I am like I am guilty of this. Like I I believe in some of the traditions. I still really want. Like I'm a big believer in the black church. Tradition. I want it. Me I too. will advocate for it. Um, I think it's just. There was a time where people were like, we ran option football and we went to West Coast. And then people were like, no, no, no. We're not a West Coast team. We never will be. We never should be. And right. they were like trying to impose that on a coach. Yes. Or, you know, like we were trying to tell people what plays to run on. Yes. Like, no, no, this is the defense we need. Like, that is probably a step too far uh, from the fan base and from former players and all, all that. So, yeah, I think that is something kind of unique to our it, fan base, but it's also why we're great fans is we care enough and we feel enough ownership right. in it that we want, but it's things just, to be a certain way. It's just interesting though, that <laughs> I, I do as when Chattel brought that up. Cause I, it's funny how there are certain things that hit you, you go, no way. But then when, now that we've talked this through, I think I, I absolutely yeah. agree with, with that. I think that's thought. right. But here's what, here's but what that I'll doesn't say. mean there's no pressure. Like, no, no, there's, there's less pressure. The leash is, is shorter than Frost's leash, though. I that, promise you that. I, that. Maybe that's where I'm like... He, his leash will be short. I think he'll have a pressure-free two years, and then year three, if he's not winning, he will probably be like closer to out the door than Frost would have been. Agreed. Frost was going to get the full four and change, and I think Rule's not going to get that sort of treatment. I think he's making enough money. He'll get two, guaranteed, take time, build it, pressure-free. Nebraska fans are Nebraska fans. By year three, we want results. I agree. That's just how it's going to be. I agree. Uh, we're just bouncing around here. This is great. This, Isn't this I'm, having, good? I'm having a lot of fun. We go in different. I like having fun. I don't fun. think other people go where we go. We go to places. <laughs> I do. I literally just write We that. go. Um, can I, I want to talk about the transfer portal and NIL for a second, just in general, just broad. Uh, I guess the first thing with the transfer portal that I, that I wanted to, to talk about is like there feels like, and even you're seeing this in 
the NBA with guys changing teams and demanding trades and all that stuff, there feels like there's this devaluing of team going on over the there's over the course of the last four, five, six years. And it's really feeling like it's 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 at its peak right now. The the analogy in question I had is I mean, just because you know, like Creighton's starting point guard, Ryan Nemhart, yeah, is I was leaving. Just thinking about it. I mean, he he is for two two year starter, led the team in minutes for two straight years. And He's in a perfect system. His team was in the Elite Eight. If everybody comes back, they're a preseason Final Four team. He's a starting point guard, and he is leaving to hitting the portal, probably in the name of NIL, to go somewhere else. And for me, like that, that one hit me, not just because of its Creighton, but from the standpoint yeah. that I transferred. And I almost didn't transfer because I didn't want to do it to my teammates. I yeah. couldn't... I, and I was my ass was riding the bench, and yeah. I still was like, I don't know if I can do this to yeah. to my teammates. And it, there's just an uh, an ease at which people go, bye team, or I don't care. Like, and, and you had to sacrifice. You had to sit out a sit year. Sit out a year. You had to sit a year, out a year, and like I think you had to pay for your school. Yes, yes. Like, I mean, Nick, that's hard, <laughs> right? And so for me, I guess the first question I had was, you know, there's this whole thought of like. Were people always assholes and social media just revealed it? Or did social media create people's desire? Like, does it just kind of, by by its nature, create a-holes? A and little bit of both. You a little bit of both. You get rewarded for... The more provocative yeah. and you, crazy, you know, the like... The reward is not uh, probably the right incentive, right? So I guess, and I, I worded it better in my notes here, so I want to pull it up to make sure I have it. So I guess the question I, I is, were, were people always kind of, did people always kind of not be totally team people and the transfer portal and NIL has revealed that or has it just created an option that that wasn't ever really there? Like, because it I, used to be taboo. I think here's here's the part that's tricky is I, I think the team aspect, it was more important, but it also like you got to realize like the options were worse for you. So like your, your incentive was, well, we're stuck here anyway yeah. or it's difficult. So it made it, it really led, hard to leave. The incentive led to more like it, it incentivized better team attitude right where we are incentivizing worse team attitude so you're going to see it. that's why it's happening yeah they're making incentivizing and making it easier it's making it hard to be a good teammate because you can make more money by being a bad teammate right so think about it. i mean i look at the incentive structure like if the incentives usually point the way the incentives that's say a- go make money go like even if you want to stay in that team, you're incentivized to pretend you're going to leave, so they pay you more. Right. That's a bad teammate, so you're incentivized to be a bad teammate. So I'm sympathetic to it, but, I mean, I think part of me is because we're getting exactly what we're asking for. We're, we're doing the NIL. We're doing the transfer portals this way. This to is me, it's gonna all set. Uh, it, yeah, you're right. Like, that's about uh, – it's it's – the transfer portal and the combination of the transfer portal and NIL lends itself to people making decisions solely for themselves. Yeah. And when that's the case, obviously this is going to kind of be how it is. Yeah. It's just. Nick, you make everybody sit out a year. You have to sit out one year. Right. To transfer. 
you watch that portal disappear. Because that's a sacrifice. That is really difficult to because do. It's even it, it, you must really want to transfer. You right. gotta really want to transfer if you're willing to give yourself a year. Right. Of just like I don't get to play for a year. Right. It's a lot. So that alone, and that doesn't even include the money side of it. And so, because even the, now what you've seen is people, no matter what, like most people just enter the portal. Like I was reading, I think it was Max Aismith, Aismith, Oral Roberts, best player, little guard, really can score. He's entered the portal and he is like checking other schools around, but he's still like, I think he's giving Oral Roberts, his, the like his current team, the last chance to like, like almost like I'm going to go on this it's visit, this visit, and then I'm going to come back to you. It's like, Wow, I just and and here's the hard part is you can't take the world that you lived in and that mindset and transplant you into today because today's a different world. Like I couldn't imagine going into like Coach Alban. Hey, how you doing? Real quick. So I'm gonna enter the portal. I'm gonna go look at Nebraska, I'm gonna look at Wichita State, I'm gonna look at Northern Iowa. I am gonna give you guys the last pitch. If your money, if the money's, if right. The money's right, and just how you, <laughs> Coach Altman would be like, get the fuck yeah, out mean, of my he office. Might slug you. I he mean, might, literally, yeah. be like, you have five seconds to get out of my office before I break your nose. It, it's so, so unthink because there was like a, like to me, like you understood it, like, hey, this this system isn't right for 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 Jeffrey, and and he yeah. needs to go be in a system that's a run and gun, or he needs to be in an option game because he's a he's not a throwing quarterback. Those are things you go, yeah, he probably needs a transfer. And then he needs to sit out a year, and it sucks for him, but it's the right move. People understand. But back then, if you were to say, I'm going to threaten to leave and check my options and then maybe come back, people wouldn't want you to come back. They'd be like, no. The mindset would be like, no, don't you dare think about it. Do you understand that? Because I, I mean, who's to say that we wouldn't have fallen victim to some of this stuff? If I'm not, I'm, so I don't want to act like Nick, but hundreds of thousands yes, of dollars right. on the line. But Nick, but, but what, you do realize that, like back in the day, for as much as like a dude like Grant Wistrom or like Brooke Berenger or T. Frage would have like entered the portal and like seen what was out there. Yeah, one of the two would have, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes, one of the two. So it's just. Uh, and so I'm trying to figure out, and you've done a good job of, of framing it, like where the incentive structure and just kind of like how we make it easy now for people to yeah. be about themselves. I just feel like just in general, there's just like team and the value of a team and is just under siege right now yeah. because everything that's popping up, all the different options for you are lend itself for you to make a, to only think about you. Yeah, I mean, and if that, I mean, again, I don't want to sit here and act like I'm like I transferred, but I also feel like I transferred because I was in a basketball situation that was not a good playing situation, right? Yeah, and you you had to sit out and sacrifice, and you had to pay money to do it. Yes, you're not getting paid to do it; you were paying money, right, and sacrificing a chance to play by sitting out. So you had to do double sacrifice. So that just tells me the guy that's willing to do that really really wants to do it like he needs to do it and so it's not like uh, i just this is what's good for me it's like no this was my only option i guess i just struggle with like when people are in great situations basketball situations football situations something that 99.9 percent of all players dream to have yeah and they leave 
I'm like, that's a little, but yeah, where I can understand, you know, we've talked coaching change or I, I can understand maybe like you balled out at a low level and you want a chance at a high level. Yeah. Okay. I'll wrap my mind around that. Uh, you want a bigger role like me, you know, like I can understand that, but I, I just struggle when dudes are like, they're the man somewhere and they, they, and they want to enter the portal. Yeah. I just, it's, I mean, we, we talked about the Wandale thing for forever yeah. because we were like, he was the face of our program. Right. Like he had the full support of everybody. Like right. everything was, and you know, it's like that. And was, you could argue he ended up making the right decision. You but, could, but it was a, the right decision for, Wandale and nobody else, you know? I, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I I've, it's, it's I just, just wonder how tight, how hard it is for these guys. Like, I wonder how, how tight the team I mean, really is I, anymore. I think about this. I think, like, I think when you're a guy like Garrett Nelson and O'Shawn Mathis is getting paid, you know he's getting paid to come here. And I don't know what he was, if, if Nelson's getting paid. He probably got a little something. But, but not, man, like, you know you're probably not getting paid what they got to go get the mercenaries to come in to do, right? right? Like, when you bring in, like, the hired guns. Oh, for sure. They're getting paid more than the guy that's, like, already, already there. here. So, the incentive then becomes, like, if you're not a bad teammate, you're not going to get paid. So, he'd had to be a bad teammate to probably get paid. Right. Isn't it weird? And that's a bad situation. It is, it is weird to think that, like, the way the dudes really get the bag of money is to become the mercenary, become the guy that enters the portal. It's Ball, not usually yeah. the guys that are already there. No, unless, unless you are. Yeah, a freakazoid. The, like, you are, like, the quarterback at Alabama. You're getting paid right. no matter what. But if you're, like, a defensive end at a you know, a big 10 school that's not Ohio state. Like you probably, you could put yourself out in the market and make some money. And so the only way to maybe get a bag is to put yourself in the portal and make the current school. Yeah. Annie up a little bit. Cause it saw it happen last spring. Miami had a Kansas state had a guard, Nigel pack, Nigel pack entered the portal and he went to Miami because John Ruiz was their big booster. He owns life wallet. Yeah. And, that it, it became known that he paid Nigel Pack seven hundred. It was seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. I think it was mm-hmm. when that came out. Miami's best player Isaiah Wong, who had just led Miami to the Elite Eight, he immediately went in the portal because he's like, what "The fuck! I just I, I'm yeah. the guy. I just led us to the Elite Eight. He's gonna get way more than me." I, yeah. And so then he entered the portal, but then came back because I'm guarantee you then there was, you know, cheddar, a, cheddar. A, the, the cheddar cheese came his way. But all this stuff is just like, again, it, it feels like team is under siege a little bit. Team is, it, it's secondary by a long shot right now to what am I getting? And, and that's, I don't actually blame the kids. I blame that, that this was allowed to sort of get to this place where, it, it, where it's at it feels it feels weird and you know i think the kids though they're handling it fine but like and 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 again i think you're with me i don't want to sit here and act like i wouldn't i mean if i could have gotten a, a, look, a bag yeah. of money i'm not going to sit here and act like i wouldn't no. have been times have changed it is a different era the question is is do we want this to be the era forever or do we want to revert it to something that's more what i think is sustainable and something that'd be more team centric which i think is important i think it's important to i just me. think it's i just think there's this whether we're talking about this and even into i'm obviously i follow the nba like there's just a 
it's more about the individual than it is like the team because guys change teams. Yeah. You know, I mean, Durant was at the Warriors, then he's at the Nets, now he's at the Suns. Kyrie's been with the Cavs and the Celtics and the Nets. Now he's with the Mavericks. You know, Harden was with was with Philly, and then he was with and, Brooklyn, and, and now so he's then, with. But if, here's what we got. Here's the, what we got to decide. Okay. There's probably never been more talent in the NBA ever, yeah. right? Is that fair? Oh, yeah. There's never been more talented players. But, like, is the product better? And I just, to me, it's not. Be, I and think, I think it's because of what we're talking about. Because we don't, like, whatever that sense of team and the thing that, like, uh, the thing that, like, I think brings fans really to engage with the team is when they know the team. And there's a real bond there that, grows over years um i mean the last you know i think the warriors are the best example of like keeping the nucleus together mm -hmm. building the team uh the heat did it for a handful of years with with wade bosh yeah. bosh and and lebron and some of those guys but like now it just feels like it's slipping worse it is an individual sport where the in individual is it's all that matters it's fantasy driven a little bit it's a lot of that where they can look at the metrics and say, hey, we're still doing good. I think you got to look at, like, do fans actually buy in like they used to? And I just feel like it's not Well, the because same. I know most fans now, I think there's been, like, studies on this, that most, like, younger fans aren't fans of teams. They're fans of individuals. They are. And I just, I, I, I'm with you. It's like, is that, from a long-term standpoint, is that, how healthy and viable is that for the product of not just the NBA, but even to bring it back to college, like for, for college. And so Col I know yeah. college used to separate itself because it felt like the ultimate team, you know, right. NFL is still, NFL still feels a, very similar to me. Yeah. I think like it hasn't changed a ton. Yeah. Because it, it had, it had shifted by, you know, the free agency period in the nineties where it kind of like was kind of that way from the 90s on. So the NFL doesn't feel as different, but college has moved so much in the last three to five years that it feels like it's getting more of the NFL. I'm like, look, do we want it to be the NFL? Because either we want it to be the NFL or we don't. And I don't. I want it to be college. And so it's either we got to let it be the NFL and just like open market, let's right. do it. right. Or a salary cap, or what? Like, do what you got to do. Or you sign a. I think it was Mike Gundy had the idea, and now this opens up a whole another can of worms of like now, if you have these student athletes enter into multi year contracts, they are then probably technically employees, yeah. And then that creates a whole bunch of other things. But let's just the details be damned here. But Mike Gundy's idea was basically like we need to have these players enter into scholarship contracts, yeah. Where like okay, you Bo Rude is going to sign a one year deal at Nebraska. Yeah. or a two-year deal at Nebraska. And you can have NIL things yeah. attached to that. That's To me, that's where the, I think this, I don't know how the how all that stuff gets sorted out from a legality standpoint and, and all those sorts of things. But, I, you know, because you bring it up, I wonder what it what it's like from the fan standpoint with college in where every year, especially in basketball, where it feels like there's almost a brand new team every year. Do fans like, like that? They don't. I, I, I they would don't. think they don't. The only thing that is probably exciting for fans is with the portal, you can get you can get good in a hurry. Yeah. So there isn't this like, well, we're gonna have to deal with a three year minimum of like trying to get this thing back up. Like, no, you can you can get it right and pop 
immediately. And so, I don't know. I'm just the the devaluing of a t- of team, and it feels like team is under siege. But, but college, especially, like that was the ultimate. It felt like the ultimate expression of a team was like eighties, nineties, eighties and nineties college basketball and football felt like that like it had reached the pinnacle of like what team was about and even into the early 2000s i think it started to shift in basketball with the one and done era once the one i think the one and done was so bad for Mm -hmm. college basketball and now it's sort of like it's almost like basketball led the way a little bit in the college aspect where i don't know i just feel like it is it's drifting towards whatever that is that happened in college basketball now in football and i go Look at college basketball. It's like, it's a different, it's well, e- so even, different now that like, you don't want that. You don't want what's happened, you know? E- even even though in professional basketball, it's just, we didn't see the movement of stars. No. The In the 90s and the 80s, the way, I mean, you can count on one hand, the like the guys that Shaq went from Orlando to L.A., Charles went from Philly to Phoenix. Yeah. You know, like you, the very few times. Or at the very end of their careers, like a Clyde Drexler or, a, you know, some of those right. guys when it was, they had passed the prime, then they would do, like now right. guys do it like pre-prime or in their prime. Right. And even the, role, even the role guys hung around. Yeah. You know? And... It's just there's there's been an, a slow erosion of that. That so I am I'm a little I will say this as we we can wrap this up here we're an hour into this bad boy, nil has not played out how I thought it would in a lot of ways. Like I thought, I think we both knew that it would eventually in fast seep its way into recruiting, and it has. But I, I thought nil would be more players doing actual marketing like Oshan Mathis we all know we don't know what the number is but he got a big number what did Oshan Mathis do nothing that I saw (laughs) I didn't see Oshan Mathis I would see Garrett Nelson you know and like Kenzie Knuckles pop up over those Tanner commercials with Sean Callahan yeah locally here you know like (laughs) but I would see those but what did I thought there would be more It'd be more, there'd be actual more marketing. Like I figured I'd be driving on I-80 and I'd see billboards with players on it. I'd see commercials with players on it more. And I I think there's a part of me that thought it'd be more known what these guys were making. It's very in the back. We don't even know necessarily what they're pushing and endorsing. And I thought, so it's been different. I don't know. Do you agree? Like it's it's yeah. been it's not played out how I thought it would play out. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I I don't know that I've ever. I'd love to see like how these exchanges of money actually look like. Right. Like just the whole process, like from beginning to end. Like you sign a deal. What's that deal look like? Okay, and what do you do? Okay, and then who gives you money? Okay, and how often you get the money? Like, right. I'd be interested to see like how it all flows. Like where. But here, you know what's funny is I would love to like call Matt Davison, who's in charge of the 1890 initiative and go, Matt, can you come on my podcast and explain how the mechanism from start to finish all works? It'd be like, are you crazy? Yeah. (laughs) I'm not telling you that. Yeah. (laughs) But isn't that, I assume that's what it would be like. Cause I assume it's one of those things like, you know, back like you just don't, 
you probably you don't want to. You don't want to advertise. Like it too I would much. not want to add. There's a part of me that doesn't even want to add. Like I feel like if me asking Matt that question, it'd be like, "Hey, Matt, real quick, uh, how? Sweet. Give me your uh, political affiliation, how religious you are, your thoughts on God, and all the like. All you know, all the things are like, whoa, that's a little. Or like, yeah. hey, man, how much you doing your wife every week? Yeah. You know, like yeah. how many times a week we talk yeah. to you? Know, like those, those kinds of questions are like, you're not really asking me that question. I view asking a collective and people that are in charge exactly how it all works for nil. It's like, whoa, 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 it's whoa. crazy. But you know what's crazy? It's not illegal. So like, I know. It, I mean, it feels, not, you know it, it feels, feels illegal. It feels like I'm going up to Tony Soprano and being like, so tell me about, you know, how you're going to move the, the merchandise. I mean, I'm trying to think it's like, uh, it's like if like for a long time you've driven and like red lights mean stop. And then like at one point they're like, and just so you know, starting next year, you can, <laughs> you can run reds. And so you, you pull up to the red and you kind of look you're around. Like, is this and really like, happening? And you yeah. just go through it. Right. And you can do it, but you still don't feel great about doing it because you've been sort of programmed like college, you don't get paid. College, you don't get paid. Right. College, you don't get paid. I guess so. That. We think it's like SMU, like, oh, here comes the Pony Express. You're going to get the lifetime ban. It's like, well, no, it's like there's no rules now. Right. It's just, it's, it, maybe I'm the only way, like, I feel like if I would run into Matt Davison, even though I'm wildly interested in how it all works, I feel like that is a, like, a, whoa, dude, it's running boundaries, the, it's lines. Running, yeah, it's the run in the red light. It is. Uh, wow. I don't know you like that. Yeah. Or you're not in this the. all the personal questions. Yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> My God. You just going to ask me about that right now? Uh it's just bizarre, though, how that works. It is. It's. It's. <sighs> a, we need to figure that. Maybe we should bring him on and talk about. It. I would love to bring Matt on to talk about that, but I just feel like it'd be like, what are you going to ask me about a bunch of other personal things? Like, all right, Matt, welcome to the Nick Bob Podcast. What kind of underwear are you wearing? Boxers or briefs? <laughs> you know, I mean, like all these personal things, you can't get into it. I mean, is that it? Should we wrap it up? I don't even know. Like, I now will have to send this off and write the description. Like Nick and Bo talk about stuff. Our memories are getting bad, I think. I know, we man. can't Ooh, remember what boy. we said. Like are you at the ago. point where I spend half the time? I, I am now officially where, two things with this. I'll walk into rooms and I'm like, why did I come in here? <laughs> I'll come into the kitchen and be like, what was I doing again? That happens all the time. And now that I have mul- I have three kids, I am officially like, Maeve, Mac, Marvin, I, I am... <laughs> never get the name right on the first try all m's too that's tough. all m's it's hard uh so yeah our memories are getting bad but i don't even know what we talked we talked about stuff can i just say nick and bo talk about stuff and super mario brother, super mario brother! Yeah! a huda media production